You're listening to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, brought to you by Phil Better Inc. If you want to take your podcast to the next level, make sure you book your free 15-minute call with Phil Better, the podcast mogul, at www.philbetterinc.com. Uh, so welcome to the show, everybody. I, uh, I have the pleasure of having Evan Price on, the CEO of Artist Collective. Um, Evan, please introduce yourself to my audience. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Phil. Uh, my name is Evan Price. I go by AC Evan. Of course, the AC stands for Artist Collective. Uh, I run a company that's all about artist development, specifically in the independent uh, music scene. A lot of artists that are looking for record deals or just to fund their dream life, they're a little lost. They're not sure how to go about it, how to make money, what moves to make. So we want to provide that 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 service for them. We want to help them build their vision uh, that's authentic to them. So that I say that because there's branding, there's marketing involved, there's income streams, there's a lot of things, but it's overall just developing artists from from the start. I love it. I love it. I have a lot of uh, friends that are independent artists that don't know how to break into the industry and having yourself uh, as a guest is going to be a, a great value for them because they get to learn from someone who's uh, helped multiple uh, artists get into that uh, world. So thank you so much for being on the uh, podcast. No problem. So, thank you. Um, I want to start really at your beginnings here. What what drove you to become an entrepreneur, specifically maybe in the music industry, but where did you start your journey? Sure. Uh, I started my journey as a drummer, actually. At about 14 years old, I joined a band with my friends, you know, just jamming for fun in my mom's garage. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, I think that's the beautiful part of where it started. It wasn't just like, I'm going to make a million dollars. It was just like, I want to jam with my friends. Um, and we wanted to start playing shows. We are like, all right, we're real good. So let's play some shows. We were not real good. We were just- Those 14 year olds like, we got, we're the next Nirvana, we're the next like Rage Against the Machine, but- Absolutely. Yeah, I remember making like merchandise. It was like spray paint merchandise. We like spray painted our hands. We were just like, what the hell were we thinking? But anyway, <laughs> so we were like, we want to play shows, but we're 14 year old kids that never played a show and, you know, aren't, fantastic so how the hell do we do this um so i found a punk club in springfield illinois and they were in all ages straight edge if you don't know what that means that means they don't they don't mess with alcohol drugs you know some of them don't even drink caffeine so wow, that, that's, that's pretty straight edge when you don't drink any uh, caffeine because that's like the that's like the intense um straight edge but Regardless, it was just a, a good environment for kids. You know, our, our family was like, yeah, it's okay. There's not even any alcohol there and stuff. Um, so I approached them and I was like, hey, I know you guys are doing punk shows. We're kind of more of like a rock metal-ish band. Is it cool if we play? They're like, yeah, jump on a showcase. Um, they really liked us. I started a relationship with the venue owner. I mean, this I'm talking a small club. It's like a, a little bit larger than my my office space right here. Like e people could fit in there was the capacity. Um, but I started a relationship and I found myself just booking my own shows. 
and found that I really just liked doing that and building a bill and like of, of like other bands that we were friends with. And so essentially it was just came from necessity. It came from us wanting to play more shows and instead of going and finding a booking agent or someone to do it, we were just like, let's just do this ourselves. Um, from there I, I created, you know, one day I just woke up and I was like, wow, I'm like a promoter. I'm essentially a promoter. <laughs> um, I was reaching out to national acts through MySpace, being like, Hey, I see your routing between Chicago and St. Louis. You can hit us up. You can sleep on my floor. I'll get you some pizzas. You, you, you can play to, you know, a couple hundred people. Um, they had an outdoor area. So like sometimes they could fit more than 90. Um, so they were like, cool. And I ended up playing or ended up booking like over a hundred shows there and found that I liked the business more than the actual performing and touring and things like that. You know, I love music, but I just found, I was able to find my, my true passion, which was building out a business from other passions. I love it. I love it. That's, uh, that's something that I've been finding with this uh, journey where uh, speaking with so many entrepreneurs they're they, they fall into this, they fall into their passion as a as side hustle or just for fun. And then it just develops into their business and they they just grow and grow from that. So I really, really love that we have you who uh, show, shown it that it is possible to be in the uh, music industry, but still be an outsider kind of and helping out the smaller size uh, venues in that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it just kind of happened naturally, too. Um, I think that's the the beautiful part. Like I said before, like it wasn't forced. It wasn't just like I'm not really in it for the money. I mean, I won't even lie to you. I, I didn't make shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was putting, I was reinvesting everything I could. I mean, I was under 18, so my mom was signing contracts for me. Um, and I was just like, great, I made 500 bucks. Now I can hire a bigger band for the next show. So I wasn't really making any money, but it really gave me the knowledge of how this business really works and just in particular with the live scene. And from there, it kind of grew. I was like, all right, well, what do I really love? I'm not a promoter. I do not promote shows now. It's not my passion now. It just it, it grew from there. That's kind of how it started. Um, and I started to realize that I just really liked branding. I really liked management if you want to call it i ended up managing my uh my friend's band from there we like upgraded to like a six-piece band we were like kind of like attack attack we're we're a metalcore electronic band uh i ended up booking a couple two week long tours um so i acted as manager and drummer and i found that i really liked that more i liked organizing uh i'm a virgo so i'm just very <laughs> type a i guess yeah i'm just very like i want everything organized you know i got whiteboards back here yeah. so i just that was really my passion um and so it was cool to see how the growth happened like the promoting was like you have to be organized to be a good promoter yeah. right yeah you have your numbers in in check so i was able to be a little bit more aware like okay what do i really like about this is it banging on drums is it promoting is it like getting you know a bunch of people in the door it was really just managing the whole the whole endeavor is really what i liked no i can i, I fully find uh feel you there uh, with the podcast production company that i have that i run i i love talking with entrepreneurs like just talking with people and learning them uh, i'm a scorpio so i always like to learn 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 uh, but i love the production building up a team to handle the produ production side of podcasting and the promotion and all that 
and it, th- that is my passion right now. So it went from uh, being on f- in fr- front facing, you know, to managing all these things. So I can I, I relate to you going from being the, the the drummer to the manager to you know the CEO, and hopefully I'll get to the CEO uh, soon. Um, one of the things I like talking about is. Uh, your favorite failure as an entrepreneur, what would you say would be your favorite failure you've had in your journey? My favorite failure. I'm going to say it was, I jumped into getting like an office space, you know, as, as business owners, you just have this, you have this idea of like what success is. And it's just like, an office and I have like a wall with my logo on it and a banner and my uh, fancy website and interns walking around like, Hey, can I get you coffee? Like that's, I had that at one point and I was just like, at the time it wasn't like that means I'm successful, but like I had that vision in my mind and I felt like I couldn't be successful without that. And then I jumped into it. I mean, I'm paying rent. I had to manage all these interns because like, I did get interns. I actually followed through with all of those things I described. And it just I was just like, this isn't it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I'm kind of wasting money. I, I'm not fulfilling the interns need because I'm not trying to get free work. Or I'm not trying to necessarily just get them so they can do my job. But it was like a full-time job just telling them what they should do and helping them develop because that's that's really what the goal should be if you have interns is you should help them develop so it just ended up not being the right path but i'm really glad that i did it because otherwise i would always just be like i need to get an office i mean i'm at home right now where we're all working from home i moved in here i got a nice space it's just in my rent that i'm already paying um we are very much online even for quarantine and things like that. Like our business is very, it's always been virtual. It's consulting, it's managing, I'm taking phone calls. So I don't, I did not need an office. So I think that was a, a great failure to, to, to just experience like getting $800 in rent just to go into the office and work by myself. It was just like really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but a learning experience. Cause you learned that that for you doesn't mean a success. Your idea of success has changed over time, which is great. Um, and it's great for other people to know, like, because you see other people in the offices with their interns and all that, that not necessarily the, the way you need to go. You can, like you, you work from home, you have your office in your house and you're, it's included in your rent. So you're saving costs pretty much for doing that. And you don't have to worry about always taking care of those interns that you have. Yeah. And it was just like, at that point, the business was still pivoting. And I, I talk about this a lot. Um, for me, I don't know about every other businesses, like definitely don't feel like pivoting is, is bad. I think a lot of people are scared. Oh, it's ch- it keeps changing. That's the one constant we will always have. Yeah. It will just continue to change. You know, you might be a podcast mogul today, but then it shapes into something different and it's just beautiful. You know what I mean? That, that's beautiful to see. And I think that's what was happening during that time. It was just like, Oh, we're, we're focused on this. We need to do events and we need to do this and that. And we had interns just doing stuff that really didn't move the needle in our business. It made us look really dope, but (laughs) didn't really move the needle or actually help artists the way that, um, we help them today. That's great. Um, how do you actually help artists today? Like what is the, uh, let's say a new artist comes to you and goes, Evan, I want to start in this process how do they start? Like what, what is the first couple like questions or stuff that you go through? 
Sure. Um, so I like to jump on the phone with people. So essentially we have uh, one, uh, one initial video that I like to send artists when they, when they're like, you know, cause most artists come to us and there's like immediately the one word, the M word, which is marketing. Oh, marketing. I thought it was money. <laughs> oh, that, that too. That's but they, the second question. <laughs> to, to me, honestly, that's, that's actually the one thing artists don't think about. Really? They don't actually think about money to me, at least they're always just like, we, they want marketing because they want eyes and ears on their music, on their art over getting paid. Cause when I do jump on, the, on these calls with, I, I'll ask very money related questions. Nobody has any idea what, how much money they want to make, even how much money they are making. And it was just like, it's really enlightening. So it's like money isn't as much in the forefront as you would expect, or it should be. Um, because I, I don't know, I, I have my own thoughts on that. Um, I think it's because they feel like it might degrade their art because they're talking about money. But listen, it's called the music business, not the music hobby, right? That's true. I, I want to I help you build a business around things you're already doing, the things that you're loving. So regardless, back to your question. Um, I have an initial video that I like to send about 30 minutes. It really just lays out the foundational steps that an artist should have. Um, I have like real life examples of clients, like what we've been able to do. And it really just helps reset what they envision of just like what marketing is or like what this music business is. Um, from there, I, I like to jump on the phone with people. I'm very one-on-one. -on -one. I'm not over here like, oh, go into my funnel and just buy my course. Like I want to talk with people to really see if like we vibe and it's like a good fit. Um, from there, I would, if it is a good fit, we can talk about one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. So we have a coaching program right now, which it's uh, four coaches, me included, that would work with an artist for about 90 days, a little bit more than 90 days. Uh, it's essentially an accelerator program to help lay the foundation, reset what they thought was um, seen as success and build from there. Um, then at the end, we have some other services and like, like marketing or like playlist building or things like that. But I don't like to lead with that because not everybody's in the right the right space. Yeah. Um, so re rewinding, you asked how I work with artists. It's coaching, coaching, management, development, whatever you want to call it. But we like to be hands-on and we help just build that foundation. I love it. I love it how you're, you're just sharing your knowledge with these people to help them, these artists, sorry, not these people, these artists and bring them to the next level so that they get that level of success that they're kind of wanting or didn't know was possible. So I, I love that a, a true entrepreneur is always helping people in my eyes and uh, has been a, a constant theme throughout all my, uh, my interviews I've been doing so far. Um, with, with dealing with so many different artists and, uh, or people, yeah, artists, would you, uh, what kind of lessons have you learned from them? Me personally? Yeah. I have learned, I mean, that one that I just said, I think is a big one about money. Mm -hmm. um, they're not as money centric as they should be. And I'll be honest, I wasn't for a while. I mean, I even told you my first business, I, I didn't make any money. But you were reinvesting I, it, which is the smart play. True. But even more so, I should have been putting some aside to, to invest in other areas. Shouldn't really invest your full funds back into it. But so it's just like little things like that. I think just being more money centric and being more, I guess, 
uh, money focused and uh, conscious of like what you're doing and where you're going to put it. Um, I think that's the, the biggest thing that I've learned from, from artists. Uh, but also, <laughs> I'm trying to put this delicately. That's all. <laughs> um, for being in, for artists, for being in the field that they're in, which is really showcasing their art and being in this, this vulnerable state, a lot of them are not as comfortable being vulnerable. You know, sharing your art and sharing your passion, like it's your heart, it's literally your experiences into a song or into, even if it's like a painting or something, it's a very vulnerable experience. And I think a lot of artists aren't ready to take the step of like making an Instagram post like, hey, this is what my song's about. There, a lot of them are real skittish. A lot of them are real like, I'm not comfortable. But it's like, at the same time, it's like counterproductive, counterintuitive. It's like, but you look at what you're, what, what field you're in. You're, yeah. you're talking about, you know, writing sure. a song about a heartbreak. Like you should be able to talk about that. So I think that's where we come in and we kind of, you know, kind of help finesse that. It's a balance, balancing the ego and the vulnerability all in one. Like you have to, it's, it's a delicate scale. Oh, it, it, it's true. I see that with entrepreneurs too. It's like their business is their baby. They're growing it. So sharing more in depth about it is a little harder for them. And that, that's why I'm doing this uh, podcast. It's to share with other entrepreneurs. Like, look, these people have had the same struggles as you have. They have had failures and they have their successes. And it's also to show people coming in, like your ideas of success from the past aren't that true. Like you can be successful anyway. Like you said yourself, you've pivoted in your whole life. You went from being the drummer to managing it to, you know, booking, get uh, booking for gigs. And now you're coaching uh, artists and bringing them along the journey that you've done so that they can be the success they want. So I really, uh, really, really gel with that answer. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like embracing that vulnerability a little bit and showcasing that and just being aware of what you're what you're good at and what you're not good at and that's you know and just under them understanding that they are an entrepreneur as well whether they want to believe it or not whether they're out here trying to get a record deal you're still going to be an entrepreneur you're still going to own your own business and that's a lifelong journey <laughs> it's not an overnight thing um so yeah that that and just to tag on to that question per, you know overcoming perfectionism I think is a big, 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 big one. Yeah. Your website's never going to be perfect. Your song is never going to be mixed well enough. Your, you know, your live show is never going to be as tight as you want it to be. Just do it. Just go. Just embrace the imperfection. Embrace it. Stumble um, and surround yourself with people who give you honest, per, you know, constructive feedback. That's all you can do. Because I, I. I talk with artists that for years are still waiting on the rights. The right time is really what is always said. And it's just like the, the, the only time we have is right now. So just do it. Just go. I love that. That, that, that quote, uh, the only time, right time is right now. It, it's true. If you don't go now, no one else is going to, uh, someone else is going to do it with far less abilities than you do. So I, I like that. Um, one of the questions I love asking is what is a lesson you've learned from your failures in life? be it business or personal music or anything like that. What, what is one lesson that really you hold dear that you learned from a failure? 
think a big, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get personal. You know, I'm talking a lot about vulnerability. I want to, I want to practice what I preach here. Um, I went through a divorce a couple years ago and I think that was a big shift for me mindset wise. You know, I really got into mindfulness and meditation and just really had my life turned upside down. And I think a lesson that I learned through that was just, you know, it is okay to pivot in just your personal life as well. And it is okay to kind of re- hit the reset button if, if, if that's right for you. Um, and I think a lot of artists are just like, I've been doing this for 10 years, this certain way. Um, it's time lost if I go and reset and become a producer instead of a, an artist or something. Uh, so just trying to take my learnings to, to your listeners here is just like, it's okay to kind of completely pivot if that's, if it's right for you. Um, so it's just about, just about self-awareness. That's something that I'm really big about. It's one of my, my top five core values, uh, just being really self-aware of like where you're at. Cause otherwise you're just stuck on that hamster wheel doing, doing everything just because you've done it for so long. Like that's not a good mindset. It's, it, it'll turn you in, into a toxic person to be honest. And I that's kind to- of, I fully agree with you there. Like I, 2020, I think was a large wake up call for a lot of people that running in the same circle or doing the same thing over and over again is counterproductive to growth and that. And uh, I went through a burnout in the beginning of 2020. So I, I really do understand like that pivot mindset. Cause I pivoted from like, I don't want to be a nine to five or anymore. It's, it's not worth it. Um, it's time to try and make my side hustle. And I, so all of, pretty much 2020 was learning how to create businesses and trying different things. So yeah, being able to pivot when you have this major life change, such like your divorce for you, mine was my burnout and life is actually better when you start pivoting from what you were doing before. If it wasn't working before, it's not going to work in the future. So start changing and uh, trying different things is the best thing. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The burnout, the burnout's real too. It's so real. Um, and I think that's why that's why I feel really confident in the services we provide. You know, the in the past five years, ten years, the the coaching business. I'm air quoting a lot. I do that. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Everybody air quotes apparently, and on a podcast. Like, oh yeah, he's air quoting. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but the coaching business has really started to boom, and it's because it's nice to have that unbiased voice in your head or voice, you know, on the other side of the phone, just to, just to work through where you're at in life. Is it time to pivot? Are you doing the right things? Are you focusing on the wrong stuff? Um, so I think having a coach by your side is, is, is really great. And that's one of the analogies I have for our services. You know, we're a, we're a personal trainer for your music career. You, you can, get a gym membership for $20 at Planet Fitness and walk in and be like, cool, I'm going to do that machine. I'm going to do some cardio. I'm going to do over there. But are most of us actually going to get up and do it? No. You, you know, you, you, you shell out the extra money to get a personal trainer to, to show yeah, you, you pretty much to, to highlight what you should be doing based on what goals you have constantly keep checking in with you and hold you accountable. Right? Like uh, that's how I work at least. So I think it is really important um, to have a coach to figure out if you're going through burnout. Hey, I think you might be burning out a little bit. Maybe you just need to step away. Like, uh, I don't like to say life coach, but at times I feel like I definitely am for a lot of our clients. And it's it's great. I love it. I, I, no, I think, uh, yeah, I think people 
do need coaching for certain aspects of their life because all the successful people like the Warren Buffetts, the Jeff Bezos, the Bill Gates, they all have had some sort of mentor, coach, consultant, if you will, that helps them in different aspects of their life. So why Uh isn't that the everyday person has the ability to do that? And you have to obviously find the one that you can trust and work with and seeing as how you have a, a, um, a lineage of success in your your business, it just makes sense to go after some, or go with someone like yourself if you're going to be that artist and become part of the artist collective family. Yeah, absolutely. I think that also with coaches, you know, you'll eventually get to the point where you need another coach to get you to that next tier. You know, I have a coach. I have a higher end business coach that helps me move the needle in our business that isn't necessarily related to music, but it's, he knows how to grow businesses and to build funnels and to have that, those connections. So even the best coaches have coaches as well. Yeah. Cause you, we're humans. We're always that need to learn is always, we went through school. All we did was learn for the first 18 to 25 years of our life. And now when you get out, you, you all, the, all of a sudden stop learning and, and you, you degrade. I feel you degrade when you stop learning and uh-huh. you're constantly trying to find a teacher to help you grow certain aspects. Cause we don't know everything. We know pretty much nothing when it comes to businesses cause we were never taught it. So having those business coaches that or people that teach you how to start your business is amazing. Yeah. And I always felt weird about, you know, I went to, I went to college here in Chicago, uh, Columbia, and I always felt weird about the classes that were just like the entrepreneurial 101. It's not really something you can just sit in a class and teach. And I always felt just like this, this is bogus. Like what it was just very theoretical um, things. It just, those coaches can provide that same but better entrepreneurial type of learning because it's just all hands-on. You, you, you've got to learn through the failures. You've got to learn through doing certain things. Um, so yeah. And I think that is an important piece, especially for artists. You know, you are an entrepreneur. You've got to learn how to run a business and how to, you know, you treat employees and things like that, depending on how, how big you get. So that, that is an important piece should always be learning. Um, but even more important than learning, because I know also know a lot of artists that have, you know, have caught the, the, the coach syndrome, which is just like they're obsessed with buying courses and hiring coaches. It's like you've got to actually go and take action. Otherwise, this stuff is never going to hit. You're never going to actually take action on it. Yeah. With so many with uh, with the Internet, so many people have started selling their own coaching or their own products to help grow businesses and all that. And I see that the, the freebie market where you just download and you don't take accountability to it. Cause you're like, Oh, it's free. It does. I can, I can read it whenever, but if you're paying five, six, seven thousands of dollars for these coaches, you're going to get your money worth. It's not like the gym membership where you're like, Oh yeah, I'll just go it for the first couple of months. And then you just fall yeah. off this. These are people who are like, look, if you're not going to, you're not worth my time. Like they will drop you. And move on because you're not putting in the work for them. And it's like, I I don't have time for that. Yeah. And you hit on a really, really great point. You know, the pricing does do that a little bit. Of course, the pricing is there to compensate them for their time, of course, but it's got to sting a little bit. Like my $20 gym membership, I'm sleeping in, I'm going like once a month, but if I'm paying $2,000 a month for a 
you know, a customized personal trainer, you better believe I'm getting my ass out of bed and I'm going there because otherwise it's like, that's, that's a, all. That's a lot of money to have invested in yourself and seeing no results. No. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very important to find the price point that hurts, but also is not the, like you won't lose if you're, you won't be like, I'm having ramen for the dinner for the rest of my life. You know, you need that. Yeah. Sort of and you got to have some money to like, and still continue to invest and yeah. things like that. So it is that balance, but it does need to sting a little bit. Otherwise, you won't take action. You just won't. And we and we did that for a little bit. Uh, several years ago, we like had our own courses and we was just very much a paid like, oh, cool. Like, here, take this course. Nobody was taking action. Nobody was doing things. Incredible like thoughts in there, incredible pieces of homework and things like that. But they, if it was just do it yourself, you know, you know, t- go through it as uh, at your own pace is the word I'm looking for. Uh, it just, th- they're just never going to do it. <laughs> so it, we found, we found an issue with that. So once we went on, okay, let's switch this up. Let's only do one-on-one because we had that available too. Let's only focus on this one thing and force them into just a one-on-one. So you will take action. It has been incredible. Uh, lots of great clients that are really moving the needle um, and making the investment back, which is incredible to see. Yeah, that's. I think that is the biggest thing f- uh, from some of the coaches that I've already talked with and interviewed. The, seeing their the success of their clients just makes them feel v- more validated, and you're helping them because you're creating their legacy as well as your own. And so it's like you're building on their successes, and they can build off your success. You know. Yep, absolutely. That's what it's about helping everybody out, helping individuals. Um, I want to go into something that I like. I want to know what your ultimate goal in life is. Like if I snap my fingers, you're on your deathbed, you're looking back on your life. What is the one thing that you want to make sure that you've accomplished? Wow, that's a heavy one. It doesn't have to be on your deathbed, but if, if you could look back on your life, you know, uh, when you're, you're retired, you know, you're looking with your grandkids, you know, you're happy, you look back and did you, did you provide that service or that the goal that you had in mind when you were now, like your goal now, do, what is it like deathbed whenever you want? Like, what is the goal in your life? I personally, for one, as cheesy as it sounds, I feel like I'm doing it currently in the now. Um, but if I had to put a number on it, I'd love to help 1000 independent artists make a living doing what they love. Um, that's, that's really it. <laughs> that's, that's what I want to do. If I had to put an actual number on it, um, I want to get them out of their, you know, their nine to five, their barista job, their, their job, walking dogs, whatever it is that, that, you know, the, the side hustle that I don't care about. I want to help them quit that and make a living. You know, I'm not saying become trillionaires, but (laughs) make an honest living, um, doing what they love. The, the number I always go to is like a hundred thousand dollars. You know, we talk a lot about super fans. 
over here in Ars Collective. If you have 1,000 super fans that are giving you $100 or funding your career with $100 in merch or opportunities or buying things from you on your website, you're making $100,000 a year. So I, to me, that's a that's a livable income. Like, let's be honest. I don't know. If, with 100K, I know there was a study done, and I think there's a company out in New Zealand that pays found that it's $70,000 is the point of happiness anything more than that your happiness doesn't really increase but between 70 and 100k is per everybody can live off that like it's you're you have a nice house or even a nice apartment you know you can travel when you want and you're not pressured you can invest that's the most important thing as well um invest into other things that of course you should always be investing in your own career but you, you know i'm not gonna say crypto nope. i'm not of those crazy dudes talking about crypto all the time, but maybe it is that. Maybe it's real estate. Maybe it's in somebody else's business. So, so, so taking that extra, you know, 30K from that 70 that you're talking about and investing it that way, you know, because you won't be able to sing for the rest of your life. If you're a vocalist, let's be honest, you're not going to be able to perform. So, you have to think about your future. So, you're your own business. How are you going to replace that 401k that you're that for your retirement? How are you going to you know do other things to make sure that you're good when you're 70 years old with your grandkids and you're still singing at the bar? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure you don't want to. Uh, Grandpa needs to go make some money. Hold on, I'll be back. And your geriatric butt gets over there. Uh, no, I think yeah, investing like t one of my uh, one of my previous uh, interviews with Lloyd Ross, the uh, money millionaire mentor. Uh, he 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 believes in the like. Uh, the rich dad, poor dad idea, having, you know, your wealth, your side hustle, investing it in stocks or bonds or something that will pay you, get you that passive income, as well as when you're hustling and doing your nine to five and like your nine to five, you know, it's playing music, but you have to take that money and invest it so that you can have that passive income grow over time with the compounding interest, you know? Yep. Passive and active. That's definitely something we're trying to get artists aware of mm -hmm. you need to have both equally if you can um definitely more on the passive if you can but the active when you're young and you can play music and you can get hired to you know make a custom song or send out merchandise that's more of the active but with the passive you know how can we set up sync licensing deals how can we set up a drop ship site where you don't have to do anything that's pretty pretty passive mm -hmm. so all of those things in mind are going to help you move that needle I love that. And I love how you're, you're, you're helping them show and getting to more of a business mindset instead of just being in the artistic creative mindset. Cause it is true. People need to look at life as both a business and an art. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I'm not out here trying to, trying to sell the dream of people becoming Drake. Okay. <laughs> That's honestly not the clients that I'm working with. Uh, I'm not out here trying to like pedal some Spotify playlisting push to make sure you get millions of, views. I want you to have quality fans that can fund your life and then you can go from there. Um, so definitely business, business mindset um, is super important. And that foundation is usually not set. So what, what'll happen is artists will be, maybe they'll pop off. Maybe they'll get a TikTok song that goes viral and they got people coming to their door. If you don't have that foundation set, I'm telling you, you're gonna fall apart. You're going to take a deal that you didn't understand. You're going to get a bunch of money and blow it on a mansion and then run out. There's the industry is full of rappers that have done that. Like 
I think Lil Uzi Vert came out and said, I wish he's quoted by saying this. I wish I would have read my contracts. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of something important. Don't trust the lawyers that they give you. Get your own lawyers as well is something that's important that looks out for your interest and not the uh, record label's interest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this is a marathon, not a sprint. You really need to set that foundation. Otherwise, tomorrow, if you, a big deal comes your way, are you prepared? Are you really prepared in your business to, to make those moves? Are you going to use that money wisely? Are you just going to go blow that million-dollar record deal that's supposed to last you five years? Are you just going to blow it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's important to, to, to be prepared for that and understand that don't want to jump straight to millions of, of streams. Let's 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 take it a little slower. Yeah, because no one is an overnight success. They build upon the success of the previous day and the failures from the previous day and the previous year, uh, just to make themselves look like an overnight success. Yeah, I that's funny that you say that. I literally just made a post right before I, I logged in here that said one day it'll look like it happened overnight. Like. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel that too. When I signed my first big client, I was like, oh my God, this is like the big time. And it's like, no, I built on six months worth of work to get to this point. So yeah, I do feel like not as an art. Well, I can consider podcasting an art, um, you know, as, yeah. a, as an artist myself, uh, seeing that switch into the, wow, it's actually paying off. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, yep. I fully agree with you uh, there that it's it's important to build upon uh, this build a proper foundation so that you when you build your house I like to use the house house metaphor you're building a house for your career and if you don't build that proper foundation if you just rush it it's going to collapse when the first big rainstorm comes yeah and you're not going to start with the attic no god no that that that's dumb <laughs> you're going you're going to lay the foundation if you don't have that or if it's not built properly a lot of artists will be like, no, I got the foundation. I was like, okay, great. How much money are you bringing in every month? Oh, well, I don't, I, I don't know that. That's, that's a foundational step you need to know. Like, yeah, that's a solid you, question. Or just goals. You know, you'd be, your mind would be blown on how many artists don't have never even thought about their goals. And it's just like, you're just blindly going after this dream that you're seeing on TV and on social media without actually sitting down and being like, all right, where do I want to be in 12 months? Where, where do I want to be in, in five years? Um, and, you know, like just a simple question like you asked, like where, you know, you're on your deathbed. Like, what do you, what is accomplished? Oh, I never really even thought about that. It's like, maybe you should. <laughs> maybe it's time you start. Yeah, no, I like that. I, I like how you're, you're promoting about the goal setting because it is important. I don't think we, we teach it to the youth enough because of they're just teaching them basic knowledge but we need to know goals what is your goals what are your what do you want to accomplish on your in your life so that you can be, get reach the reach the level of success that you want or the level of happiness that you want so i love how you you uh you set up those goals for your uh, your clients your artists yeah one of the so when they start working with us one of the first things that i personally do with them so they so they could because they come to me first and then they kind of get passed on to the, to the other coaches that we have that we're all working together. But one of the first things we go through is um, separating outcome goals with process goals and just under getting them to understand what that is. Outcome goals are usually what they come with. If they say any goals, it's like, I want a thousand fans. I want to tour the world. I want to be the next Beyonce. I want to make $100,000. The big wins, the things you bring up to your mom and be like, yo, this happened. 
great. But there's other goals that nobody ever talks about, which are the boring ones, the process goals. How are you going to get to the 100,000 fans? Great. Well, you send out five messages in your DMs. That's not something you'd call home to mom and say, hey, I did this today, but it's important to get you there. So it's really about separating those two and like just listing them out. You know, again, Virgo, you like lists. We like, <laughs> we like, you know, pros and cons lists. So that's usually a big aha moment for our clients is like, oh, I never thought about these things. So it's just about great. In the next 90 days, let's mark off these process goals because we know it'll get you to here. Um, and it's really, really, you know, it really moves the needle, honestly, instead of, cause if you're just focused on like getting a hundred thousand fans, you just find yourself overwhelmed and you're just like, I don't really know where to start. <laughs> no, I, I, it's true with the, uh, with being a podcaster, I, I have that, Oh, I want to make a million dollars with my podcaster that, and it's like, no, okay, let's look at the process. How do we get there? And I, I've never thought of them being two types of goals. I've always thought of it's just one set of goals that you have, but I like the idea. You gave me that aha moment, the process goals. Okay, what are we going to do on a daily and to reach these big outcome goals? So I like that, the uh, process versus the outcome. That's going to be a, a great uh, clip I'm going to share with my audience. Great. Yeah. No, that usually is like I see them on screen. Oh, it's, like, you know, it's not something they think about. They're, of course, getting sold the dream of, you know, I come back to playlisting because that's just the ads that I'm seeing all the time. You want to get in the industry, you're in the industry. So you see those playlists. I see them so much. And it's just like, that's great. People are being sold that dream, but how are you really going to move the, uh, the other needles? How, how do you get there? It's like, it's not a switch. You just turn on it. It's a, it's a process. So what is that? What are those process goals to help you get there? Cool. You want to make a hundred thousand dollars. Let's make one, let's make $1. How do you make $1 then, then replicate that. Um, so it is definitely beneficial to just list that out, have a, have a, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Let's, let's, let's take a step back and figure out where you want to be and we can help you get there. Awesome. I love it. Um, one of my new segments on the show is asking entrepreneurs either, uh, a movie that they would recommend for becoming an entrepreneur or something that's influenced them or a book that they've read that they would really, uh, they share. Like it's the book that they're like, you need to read this if you want to be an entrepreneur in this industry or anything like that, or it's shaped my mindset. Either one, you can answer either one, which one, what book or what movie really influenced you into the entrepreneur world? Got a couple. One is kind of both. One is one of my favorite books. Um, It's called Building a Story Brand. It's by Donald Miller. Um, and is actually about movies. So he used to be a screenwriter and it talks about what branding means. I'm definitely like the branding head over here. Um, so I think this is really, it's, it's a hot topic. Like I want to brand myself. Like, what does that mean though? So it, it breaks. So Donald breaks down the process of every single movie and TV show we've ever watched. Right. There's a formula to it. People don't know it, but there's a formula. Um, there's a hero. They have they have an, uh, a complication in their life. They want to overcome it. They meet a guide who understands their problem and gives them a plan, has them take action, and it gets resolved. Every movie, every TV show of all time, Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, Yoda, Obi-Wan, gives them a plan. He goes and do some, does some things, and, you know, it's... it's it saves it, the galaxy. 
yeah, it results in a comedy or a tragedy, right? So he, he actually gives you a framework in the book on how to do that with your brand, with your business. Um, it's not exactly catered to musicians, but it can work. It does work. So it's about telling stories. It's the art of storytelling, essentially. How do you bring your fans and your customers in? Uh, and the biggest aha moment, which I'll, I'll spoil it a little bit, is that you're not the hero. You're not the Luke Skywalker of your business, actually. And that's what artists, again, that ego, it's about their art. It's about them. It's about their music. No, it's about your fans. You're selling to if you're selling toothpaste, it's not about how hey, I have the best toothpaste. It's about how it's about the people buying the toothpaste. They're the hero. You're the guide. I have the best toothpaste, so I'm going to show you how to use it type of thing. So switching that mindset is just super powerful. Being able to tell that story and bring people in. Um, my that second one. I, I have to say that was an aha moment for me because I was like, no, I'm the hero of my own story. And then I'm looking at like, well, no, for my business, I'm not. I'm the guide. I'm the mentor. In my personal life, maybe I am I am the hero because it is my story, but I'm the guide in this. So I, I love that. Thank you for providing that to me because that gave me an aha moment. No problem. Yeah. I mean, once that, once, once that happens, you, you cater things different. Everything you say on social media, it's not as promoting. You got to bring people into your, to that story. Musicians in particular, let's, let's cater it to them a little bit. You know, you make an entire EP about your breakup. It's about the people listening about their breakup. How do you bring them into it and showcase what you're going through and bring them into your story? And you're just like, I know what you're going through. I'm providing you this as the guide to get you through it. That's just a random example. No, but it's uh, totally like you have, because uh, I was listening to a friend of mine, Carlyle Laurent, who's uh, an amazing artist. He had, his, he had a couple um, songs that he has about his breakup, and I was going through a breakup as well, and I'm like, I really just gel with this whole thing. Like his story, I'm like, I can relate to everything going through and how he got through it as well. So, yeah, I, I, do, I do understand that point of view. Yeah, no, it's definitely powerful. And one self-plug moment, we actually released our first book. Awesome. I didn't write it. I didn't write it, but <laughs> my friend Leonard Patterson did. Um, it's called 365 Livestream Ideas for Musicians. Um, it is full, you know, he wrote it during lockdown. It is full of examples of our clients building their live stream strategies and actually making money from it. Um, live streaming is not going away. Even when concerts open up, uh, live nation is even like installing, you know, high quality cameras into all of their, all, all of their locations. So this is not going away. And he wrote an entire book. It's not more of, it's not as much as like a step-by-step -step process, like how to get started. It's more of just, here's a bunch of ideas that other artists are doing. That's more, that can be more than just you playing a, a guitar. Um, so you can find that on Amazon and everything like that, but, um, just wanted to plug that a little bit. Cause that's a, that's a hot book right now. No, that, that's a great book for, it's not even only for uh, musicians. It's anybody who wants to do the live stream. Here are some ideas that you can take from other artists. It may not work a hundred percent. Not all the ideas may work for you and your business, but it could be beneficial to take a couple of things that are working for, from other industries and see how you can change it and use it in your industry so thank you very much that definitely will be in the show notes down below because uh that is a huge huge advantage if you uh you pick up that book and you're able to implement it before anybody else does absolutely yeah leonard is great he's one of the four coaches on our 
um, coaching program, and he is the content phase. Go figure. So he helps you really break down what, what your content is. Is it live streaming? Is it just posting quotes? Like, how do you, you know, come at content in a manageable way that, that, that makes sense for you? I love it. I love it. Um, Evan, we're coming up to the end of the episode, so I'm going to get off screen here and allow you to have that uh, five minutes to tell uh, tell my fans, tell the audience where they can come find you if they're interested in maybe being part of the Artist Collective family or just how they can support you and your artists. So uh, give me one second here. What's up, guys? Um, yes, if you are an artist, uh, musician, producer, you're just in the music industry, you want to know more about what we provide, you can go to artistcollect.com slash superfan. S-U-P-E-R-F-A-N. Uh, from there, you can get sent that 30-minute training I talked about before, really in-depth. I'm giving you real-life examples. It's really helping set, reset your mindset on what building a music business is all about. Uh, and then from there, you can book a completely free call with me. We can jump on the phone, talk about what roadblocks you're experiencing, what wins you've had in your, in your career, and how we can maybe... Um, accentuate what's already working and help you work through some of those roadblocks. So looking forward to chatting with all of you. Um, and you can find me on Instagram. I'm living over there mainly. Uh, it's my tag is AC underscore Evan. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, Evan. I want to thank you for being a guest, sharing your amazing journey with us here and some of the great wins and aha moments that uh, you were able to provide to, uh, especially for me, really, it, this is a podcast that I've done just so that I can learn and see how other entrepreneurs are doing it so that it can help my business become a, a bigger and better entrepreneur business. So once again, thank you so much for being a guest. No problem, man. Appreciate you. I'm looking forward to the episode. All right. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to the episode. I hope you got so much value from it. I do have a small favor to ask of you. If you could all just go over to our Instagram page, that's at investing yourself pod just go over there like the most recent episode or the episode that you listened to maybe leave a comment of what you took away from the episode and make sure you follow us for all the latest episodes coming up i thank you so much for just listening to the podcast you guys make it worthwhile and see you guys